0: Hello, welcome to the Blue Grid podcast. This is your host, Major Anya Fedotova, a psychologist at Los Angeles Air Force Base. What makes us resilient? What is grit? Please join me as I set out to discover how we can become greedier. This podcast features current and former military leaders, mental health experts, elite athletes, veterans, special operators, superior performers, POWs, and others affiliated with the military who have overcome significant adversity. Each guest will discuss the unique methods and practices to help airmen and really all service members or anyone interested to build mental toughness and grit. The views expressed are those of the author or guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the United States Air Force, the Department of Defense or the United States government. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited about this episode of the Blue Grid podcast. My guest is Cinemaster Sergeant Israel Del Toro, DT for short. This podcast was recorded live at Los Angeles Air Force Base during a Wingman Day. The interview starts out by the commander, General Thompson, and the command chief, Master Sergeant Scott Myers Space and Missile Systems Center, introducing Israel Del Toro. It's followed by a movie about DT's life and legacy. Then I interview DT for this episode of The Blue Grid and take questions from the audience. A little about DT. In 2005, he was severely injured in Afghanistan and suffered third-degree burns on 80% of his body. He was given a 15% chance of survival. Del Toro used adaptive sports as a part of his rehabilitation to overcome those odds. At the 25th Annual SPs Award in 2017, Del Toro was presented with the Pat Tillman Award for Courage. And you will hear about his amazing athletic achievements throughout this interview. I hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, CMS Surgeon uh, Del Toro. What a moving video. What is it like to watch
1: it? Uh, it's 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 always tough. It, it, it really is, especially that part when I first hear my son uh, reading that poem, because uh, it does bring back a lot of memories of you know my dad and then what I went through. So it you know as I know what to expect when I see it, but it still affects me. It still makes me want to cry. Uh, so every strength. For Holding those tears back, I don't let people see me cry. <laughs>
0: well, it's an honor to have you as a guest for the next episode of Blue Grid Podcast. Um, and, ladies and gentlemen, you'll have an opportunity to ask questions um, as we as we're recording this interview. Uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, tell us a bit about your Air Force career. You have a very unique, unusual uh, Air Force career. Yeah, it's been a unique journey.
1: Uh, you know, I came in to be a attack peer, that's what I wanted to do, I wanted to call in airstrikes. And to what has evolved to where I'm now speaking in front of large groups, I would've never thought of that. You know, I thought I'd be a, a tech peer all my life, but of course, you know, circumstances change that. You know, I've, I've become, you know, I went from getting a wounded guy and being a, in a patient squadron, helping try and change policies to being an instructor, to then train for the Paralympics, to now uh, being a member of the you know, US Air Force parachute team. Uh, so it's been, it's been a unique journey. I like to always describe it as, I don't know if anyone's seen you know, Forrest Gump, but when he talks about his journey, how uh, he's been in a different location, seen, you know different sceneries, I, I kind of always try, base it like that, that I've seen some unique things on my journey out here.
0: Um, I'm curious about your. Uh, you participated in the adaptive sports, and you used adaptive sports as a way to overcome some of your physical limitations. Can you tell me a little bit about this? Um, you participated in a number of games uh, and have a long list of accomplishments and medals. Uh, and how are you able to to switch, you know, into training in, in the various disciplines?
1: Uh, I've always been an athlete all my life. I've played baseball, football, soccer, all throughout my life. So. You know, when I first got hurt, I'm thinking, man, all that's gone, you know. But as a program that they're at the Center for the Intrepid, they introduce you to adaptive sports. They show you you can still do things. You know, I've never did track and field, uh, but they introduced me to shot put, jab, and discus, uh, air rifle, city volleyball, and showing you that you still can do things, even though at first you think, well, I'm, I'm done. Uh, so, and it also helps you get back out there you know, get you out there moving, you know, make you feel, make you feel like yourself again. Uh, and, and that's how I really got into it, and I just started excel, you know. Like I said, I never threw a shot put or javelin or discus, but now I own all three world records for them, uh, so. But I, I, I just use it to get out there, and that's, you know, I was so thankful when they asked me to do the first world of, you know, Warrior Games. Because again, I wanted to go out there and show other service members that are in that may not be as bad as me, or are, that you can still live, you can still do things, like sports, like going out, having fun, and laughing again, because sometimes you feel like you can't.
0: So, let me read uh, all the sports you participate. You compete on shot put, discus, cycling, relay, shooting, and sitting volleyball.
1: Um,
0: what does your training day or week look like?
1: Uh, it's, it's, it's very tiring, it really is, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so, I usually try and do like my, my throwing events every other day, uh, and then like cycling and shooting the days I'm not throwing. And it starts in the morning, you know, I usually get up about four o'clock, uh, try and get a workout in, and then I'll go to work uh, during lunchtime or if like we have bad weather days. I'll be out there in the drop zone and throwing the shot put, throwing the discus, or, or javelin. And luckily, there at the Air Force Academy, there's a shooting range there, and so I could I'll go down there and shoot there once in a while. So, it's it's really you really gotta adapt your adaptive sports training uh, to fit in where you can.
0: And you had at least Google says so. I, I'm guessing it's true. <laughs> 120 surgeries, or over 120 surgeries. How were you able to train through? All these uh, medical, um, you know, complications that you've had, and all the surgeries. Uh, it, it, it's really
1: about us setting a schedule. It's like if I know that, you know, I have major competitions coming up, I try to schedule my surgeries before all those events happen. You know, like last year. Last year's an off year for, you know, Paralympic style sporting events. So a lot of guys get surgeries done, get stuff done. And that's what I do. Now this year even though I have an opportunity not to wear a brace anymore because uh, I have foot drop, I'm not going to have that surgery right now because I know it's going to take me out to six months because now is the time where we're training trying to get selected to go down to the Paralympics.
0: It's oh, very impressive. Um, last year, I'm going to switch gears a little here. Um, last year you were awarded the, uh, the SB's Pat Tillman Award for Courage and during your acceptance speech you said when I first saw my face, all I thought that someone is going to be afraid of me, just by looking at me. Have your scars changed your self-image or your self-confidence?
1: Uh, you know, that day, I always call it my darkest hour because I was afraid, I was terrified. That's the only time I ever wished I died. Uh, but after a while, you know, like my, my therapist, you know, my physical therapist, Terry Gary, who I call my guardian angel, You know, he's the one that told me, "Hey, man, all your son wants is his dad. That's all he wants. He doesn't care." And once I saw my— Did you believe him at the beginning? Was I what? Did you believe
0: him in the beginning? You know, there's always that
1: doubt. You're like, yeah, right. It's like, like the video said, "I'm a 30-year-old man at the time. If I think I'm a monster, what's my 3 year old son gonna think?" Uh, But once I came home and I saw that my son didn't care. He just wanted his dad back, and that my my wife loves him. My friends have my back. It really, I really didn't care what other people thought or how they looked at me. Uh, I, it's mostly my friends and my family that get more upset than I do. You know, when They see people staring at just your scars and what you look like. I don't even notice it. Because uh, I, I just don't care. It's, it's something minuscule. Why stress over something like that? When there's so much life out there, joy you can enjoy, why am I going to care what few people think.
0: And so for those airmen who may be struggling with, um, with tough times at this moment, like, like you had once, um, do you have maybe two or three things that you could recommend that would be helpful for them?
1: You know, uh, first of all, you can't do it by yourself. I will never stand up here, you know, or anytime I speak, say that I did it on my own, because I didn't. I had teammates from when I first got hurt, from when I was in the hospital, to my recovery, to now, where I will call if I'm having a bad time, say, man, I didn't talk. You know, because uh, you can't do it on your own. Know? You just can't. Also, I would say, don't let the little things bug you. It's not worth it. It really isn't. You know, there's always someone out there probably having a worse day. You know, lo- losing a parent, you know, like our, you know, our ex-president, you know, going through that, or you lo- something just worse can happen. So. Why stress over it's like, oh my God, I can't get this paperwork done in time, you know? Things like that, it's not worth it. And, and go out and enjoy life. My last little be just go out and enjoy life. Cause There's so much wonderful things out there, you know? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping again, you know? I'm, I'm running, you know? I'm getting to see my son grow up. You know, I get to see, you know, movies, uh, you know? like the Avengers, you know, I, I like, you know but, but stuff like that. But also I also like to say you have to laugh. You really have to be able to laugh at, yeah, I know it sucks what happened, but I gotta laugh at it. You know, I make fun of myself all the time. Uh, you know, There's an instant, because I, I, I used to remember when I was a, at, at the therapy, you know, one of the newer guys, and when the older guys would come in that had been there, they're cracking jokes and all that. And I saw, I was like, you know what? These guys can laugh at themselves. Why, why can't I? So I remember when I became the old guy and I would go to the uh, therapy and I would crack a joke, you know. One of my favorites was I walk into the burn center and I was like, is someone cooking some meat or something? And, and of course, all the guys and gals are just dying laughing. And, and the parents and loved ones are like, oh my God, does this guy really just say that? But, but it, it was my way to show, hey man, you can laugh about it. You know, you can still have fun.
0: So, seeking support, not doing it alone, being lighthearted, yeah. laughing. Laughing. Anything else? What is the recipe for grit? What is the recipe uh, for resilience?
1: Uh, finding your spark, finding your, your inner fire that will drive you. We all have it. Uh, mine is my son. He was my spark that kept me going, kept me fighting not letting things hold me down. And we all have it. You just gotta find it. Um, And sometimes you may need help to find that spark. Uh, And, uh, you know, I always tell people when I speak, it's like, I'll always be there for you. I'm not one of these guys that oh yeah, Saranatoa says he's gonna be there, but when I direct message him or something like that, send him an email, he doesn't reach out. Uh, But I do. You know, I may not be the the lovey dovey and give you hugs. they say, oh, okay, it's okay. I'm like, stop your whining. Get back out there, kick some butt. You know. But again, I will help you find that spark. And we all have it. We definitely all have it. You just gotta dig deep inside of you and find where it's at.
0: Is there one habit? One ritual that you have to do every day that is a part of your life that you feel brings you success makes you more successful.
1: Ah, I, I do, and my wife hates it. I'll come home and I'll play about an hour, hour and a half. She says like eight eight hours of <laughs> of, of PlayStation. <laughs> I always do it. I'll come home, you know, after either workout or from work. I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna go down, play some games, you know, just release whatever I have. And again, it, it's another way of me releasing whatever negative energy or if I'm feeling bad, it's my distressor. You know, I head down to my cave or like well, like my wife said, like she, I did say, Oh, you're heading down to your cave again? It's like, Yep. <laughs> you know?
0: You know, I was, gonna, uh, I was gonna ask you next question about one weakness that you would like to change, that you can't change, and I was hoping you would answer to the previous question by saying, you know, I do 100 push-ups, so, you know, every day I make my bed, that kind of thing. Um, do you have one weakness, one, one <sighs> bad habit that you wish that you, you could get rid of? A
1: bad habit? Well, again, my wife would say, it'd why are you still playing video games at the age of 40-something? <laughs> but I was like, I don't think that's a bad habit. <laughs> Uh, I would it, it could be, I guess. Like I said, I only play an hour. You
2: know? Or eight hours. 30 hours, it just depends. You know?
1: uh, I would say a bad habit that I would like to break is, probably help out a little bit more uh, with my wife. Uh, like, you know, she does a lot. Uh, you know, she's going to school right now, she comes home, she does the laundry, make the bed, cook us food, and I always keep saying to myself, "All oh, right, you know, I'm going to help her. I'm going to do the laundry." But but then there's this like little evil side so I says, "D.T., just go play some video games," <laughs> <laughs> and I, I end up playing some video games. So you know, that's probably I have it. I would like to make be able to be more helpful with my wife and help her with, you know, laundry, you know, cooking. You know, I probably could stick some stuff in the microwave, but, you know, <laughs> cooking was never my strong point, you know. But I, I could make the bed. I could do some household chores like, you know, laundry and stuff like that. Uh, so I would like to be able to do more like that.
0: Do you have a favorite failure?
1: A favorite failure, huh? Favorite failure. I, I don't know, I, you know, they got Good on that one. I don't think I've ever th- had that question. I've done a couple of these, so that, that's a good one. Touche. <laughs> uh, favorite failure. Uh, maybe more patient, uh, or be you know. I don't like being patient because I like to get directly to the point, uh, and it be, made be a little more more under, uh, understanding. You know, but I, 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 I just I know nowadays people. You know, we got we gotta you know hug a lot of people and tell them it's okay. But I sometimes <laughs> feel like uh, <laughs> that we baby people too much and we gotta hey man, but you, you got this because uh, you know, I always think back of the Greatest Generation, of World War II vets, who now saw some of the most intense fighting that there could ever be and they came back started family started innovating started doing all these things so I you know yeah people always tell me "Tt, you should be maybe more gentle but I don't like because I want I want to get people going I want to get them motivated I want to push them and so I think that would be my favorite you know bad habit maybe okay. Okay.
0: and do you have somebody who inspired you or continues to inspire you
1: uh, I've always had people that inspire me. Uh, I remember one time being in the hospital and having a bad day. And Brian was this kid that had lost both of his legs, his arm, and he's in a wheelchair. And one, his fiancée left him, and he had no family. Uh, but I, will always, I always saw him in the hallway laughing, joking around. And I was like, man, you know, he has so much worse than I do. But he's out there having a good old time. You know, I don't know if it was his attitude or the fentanyl pop that he had in his mouth, which is opium, (laughs) so he might have been just high. (laughs) Uh, But you know, but also, you know, when I will go to Paralympic style games or competitions and I'll see eight year old kids with no legs running, or blind guys doing the long jump. Imagine the long jump blind. You're just going off, people clapping, and once you hear the person stop clapping, you just launch yourself. And I'm like, holy crap. It, you know, so, stuff like that really inspires me, you know, that really motivates me. You know, there's a lot of things out there that inspire me, you know, and I know people look at me and say, like, like you ask, you know, what inspires you? It's like, just everyday people, it it really does. Everyday people too. Even to see my wife, you know, was how resilient she was. You know, this this woman was afraid of blood, and to do what she did and still come out ahead, it's inspirational. I don't know what what more I can look at to be more inspired than in. a woman that came from Mexico, didn't know any English, raised a three-year-old son while her husband's fighting for his life, and still come out ahead. You know, there's nothing more inspiring than that.
2: Were
0: you afraid that she would leave you when she saw your scars? Uh,
1: I was nervous. I'm not gonna lie, I I was nervous because I didn't look the same. You know, I went from a 200 pound muscle head to 115 pounds. You know, I looked frail, you know, tiny, scared, you know like someone attached to like, you know, satellites or sport, space command, you know? <laughs> oh, sorry. You said it that I, loud. I, I thought that was my inner voice. Up <laughs> loud. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I was scared, because I did see a lot of other guys, his loved ones just ditch them. Uh, but I got, I got lucky, like I said in the video, I got lucky, she stayed by my side. And once I knew she would be there, you know, I wasn't afraid anymore. You know, I always say she's a, a whole lot better spouse than I am. What she go, went through and what she does for me, it, it's amazing. You know, she always says, if something like this would happen to me, will you take care of me? And i like, well, I'll bring your mom over. <laughs> That's kind of taking care of you, right? And she just gets mad at me. <laughs>
0: I'm going to switch topics a little. I'm curious to know about your uh, NFQ tattoo. Uh, a little bird told me. Uh,
1: you know, NFQ, if, not, if, you know, if you guys don't know what it means, it's, it's never... Can I say the word? Yeah. And never F, effing never quit. Uh, it's something I, I used, something I would tell my, when I was an instructor to my students. And it's, it's something that's like, man, get out there and do it. Uh, it's sometimes people are afraid to use colorful words. But sometimes colorful words used at the right moment can inspire, motivate, and drive people. And that phrase does it a lot. It, it, and people associate it to, yeah, I'm not going to quit. And when you throw that little colorful words, you're like, I'm really not going to quit. Uh, so I use it, and, and I guess it, it's trademarked, so any people that try and use it, you will pay, and my lawyers will contact <laughs> you. But, uh, but it, it, it really it gets to the point. It gets them to a point, gets them going. Okay.
0: We're gonna take a pause. Um, I'm gonna open this up to the questions from the audience. So if you guys have questions, I don't know if we have mics on the side, so hopefully we'll have mics. And while we're waiting for the question, um, uh, I'll ask one. Um, have you ever felt um, disappointed or that in, in your military career, or maybe that you're losing a sense of passion and meaning for what you do? Um,
1: the, of course, there's always times when people feel that way. Uh, you know, you always want to be you know, the best. You know, we have our three core values and excellence, and all we do is one of them. And sometimes, I, I, you know, because of my disability, I can't do everything I wish I could do. So it gets a little frustrating. Uh, but then I, real, I, I realized to myself, you know what, I may not be able to do this, but I can oh, do this a lot better this other project or ability of mine. Uh, so, you know, that's the only real time that I, I get to a point where I get frustrated when I can't really want to do stuff that I, I want.
0: And any words of wisdom for those airmen who feel maybe they're losing a sense of passion or meaning in what they do?
1: Uh, you know. I will say talk to someone. You know, talk to a friend. Talk to a Say, Hey, man, I can't get this. Can you help me with this? Because, again, you can't do it on your own. You can't. Uh, no one can. And whoever says they did, they're lying. I was like, I'll call out their BS. Because uh, you, you need help. You know, The military, the world doesn't work on its own. It takes a group effort to make this place go and keep going.
0: Thank you. Do we have questions? We
2: uh, Steve Lackner, GPS Directorate. Uh, you kind of touched on the importance of laughing. That's what I was thinking I wanted to ask you before you came today. Because I was watching a Netflix program the other day called Bumping Mics, as in microphones. And it's two insult comics. And then they call you up on stage for a couple minutes. And they said they didn't want to do this, but you asked them to. And they ripped you about your appearance and, and, the accident, and the explosion, the attack. And then you had a couple zingers back. And the whole thing was very inspiring in a way It had a mix of humility and confidence, but you asked them to rip you, it was all good fun, and I was wondering what motivated uh, you to be asked to be ribbed on Netflix, uh, these two you know, insult comedians, and how do you get to the point, I guess they say if you can't laugh about bad times, you'd be left doing nothing but crime, but how do you get from the most serious things like you've been uh, talking about to
1: the point where you can not be lighthearted about it even on Netflix? I, I it, it takes time. It, it does take time, uh, and it also seeing other people that may have the same situation as I was in, seeing them laugh helps you. I was like, okay, I got this. I, I can get through this. Uh, so, and 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 you know these guys, they the first time I, you know, they were gonna roast me. They chickened out. You know, we were at a charity event that I was helping with, and they chickened out so they had the, the the Netflix special coming out. They asked me to be part of it. It's like we ain't gonna chicken you out this time. I swear to you. I'm like all right. I'm like we'll see. Uh, and you know I knew what they were gonna say. But in my head I was like come on man I'm an easy target. You know I'm gonna get roasted. I knew they were gonna say. I was like dude this guy already got roasted man. And they said it. You know. Uh, and so you know I knew what they were gonna say. Uh, so. It it doesn't affect me, but also really the main reason I really did that is because I want to show the world you can still laugh. You can still make fun of yourself, you know, stuff like that. And it's okay uh, to laugh because laughter, I really do think, is a great healing point that helps you overcome a lot of things. So, you know, I I, I just really enjoyed it because, you know, all those guys are great now. Um, every single one of them and Dave hotel was nervous about how you know Jeff was getting at me and he even said to me like D T when you have this bag and people start tanks?" like you know what they don't even worry if I can laugh myself no one should have a scam sure about it you know you should laugh you should have fun you know so you know it, it, it's like I said it, it takes time and seeing other people do it because that's how I got up when I got to see other people in my situation, laugh about what happened to them and make jokes. Uh, so that was <laughs> 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 the main reason why I did it.
2: Senior Master Victoria Chapel, Paul Moran. Opening video had a powerful image of you going into the chapel and sitting
1: down, and reflecting. A little after the processing and you pray. just wondering if. Uh, I'm not sure with uh, this, maybe with faith. How uh, has influenced else been in You know what? My, my faith uh, was a big part of it. Uh, I mean, I'm not a big praying guy. Uh, I usually do it when I need some strength, uh, when I think I can't get through it. Uh, and often in my life I had it, you know. But for a long time I I was losing my faith because I felt that I was cursed. I felt, why is all this stuff happening to me? To lose my, my dad at 12, then a year and a half, later losing my, uh, my grandma, or my mom, and then, you know, my, my grandparents, you know, my grandfather getting a stroke, and my grandma getting cancer, then she died. Then my cousin, that was a brother, died to me. To, you know, even uh, losing my teammate, uh, Amber Lozano. I'm like, why is all this stuff happening to me? Uh, why am I getting thrown these obstacles? And I truly think that he did it because he wanted to prepare me for December 4th, uh, which just happened, which I totally forgot about. I didn't even realize that with that 13 years that I, I got hit. Uh, so that, it really challenged me. And, but then, when, you know, in the hospital, you know, talking to people, my wife being there, her sticking by my side, my teammates flying from all parts of the world, being there for me started to help me get my faith back. Help me get you know getting stronger and and, and believing, alright, he had a plan. There's a plan for DT, team. You know. Of course I would love to have still been attack and calling in an airstrikes. Uh, but until we can become like Star Wars and I like could cool cooled this guy my hand and I just shed on mind trick on people. Uh, I'm not gonna, we're not there, but, but what I'm doing now is helping me help other people. It's helping me have that faith that there's a reason why I survived. There's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why he threw all that stuff at me so I can help someone. Cause I'm a realist. I know I may not touch everyone. I know that, that I know that. But if I could help that one or two that really need it, then everything I went through, all that pain, all that suffering I went through all throughout my life is worth it. I was able to help that one or two people. And it's very rare when they'll come out and say it. They're usually, you know, contact me on social media or send me an email. And that's like, wow. You know, I helped someone. I made a difference. And again that was me. Finally, understanding why I went through with my faith. Uh, You know, of course my wife yells at me that I should go to church more often, but I tell her, honey, the bears are playing. um, uh, But I I do end up going, you know, after football season, you know. (laughs) uh, uh, But usually after football season, I'm a big, you know, I'm Catholic. So we like long masses. And so, you know, I go to midnight Christmas mass with, I thought was over once, I didn't live with my grandparents anymore, but my wife makes me go to Christmas mass. And then Easter, and I was like, honey, I go to all the big ones, and, you know, the main ones. But yeah, you know, faith was a big part of me. And like I said, it, 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 it didn't start very high but now it's pretty high up there where I, I, I say a prayer once in a while and say, hey, help me get through this, especially every time I, I jump out of a plane.
2: Like, please,
1: please, God, let the open sheet you open. Know, I only have one reserve. Let them both open. But, but yeah, faith was a part of me getting stronger.
0: Thank you. We'll take one more question. I'm, I'm aware of time. Good
2: morning, D. T. Thank you for coming and sharing your story. It really does help all of us ordinary military people I really appreciate you sharing I'd like to give you a helpful hint if you're open behind every accomplished man is a great woman pick one thing you can do for your wife every day and do it (laughs) just do it You talk, about no. you talk about that, but that wasn't my question. I just, you know, I'm a nurse practitioner over in the medical squadron. It's my job. You know? <laughs> so easy. One thing. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the time that you were in the coma. Uh, I think it was three months you might have mentioned. That I mentioned. Uh, if you can tell us about that. Do you recall anything? And then I wanted to know if food as medicine, Any part in your recovery,
1: in your recovery process, coma and how you uh, I really don't remember anything. Uh, I was like, not trying to pick on you, but people people have asked that, and I'm like, do you not realize what coma means? (laughs) (laughs) I really don't remember what's going on, Uh, but I remember. I what I do remember is coming out of it. You know, I, I. Had flashes of things, um, and and the one I remember specifically remember is, uh, you know, I swear to God, I thought I was in, in Hooters. You know, <laughs> you know I'm there with my buddies, you know, and all of a sudden I hear a voice, and it sounded like God's like, "DT, you're hallucinating, you're not really there," and I'm like, "What?" And then I get out of it, and I'm like, oh man, I was, like, I was in a good place. Uh, you know, other, another one that my wife tells me is like, she says, hey, I still thought I was downrange. And I was like literally calling airstrikes. Um, but it, you know, that all happened when I was coming out of that coma. Um, and the second part was, well, what was the second part? See what happens you get blown up, you forget things. What was it? Food. Food, all food. Yeah, food, you know, food was a big, important thing, you know, getting your, your, your nutritionist to start, like I said, I went down to 115 pounds, so I didn't get, start getting my strength back. So, you know, eating, having my food, even though of it I didn't like, you know, I had, especially in I hate that shirt, you know. So, I mean, really like having your shirt, it's good, it's good. <laughs> But all that stuff helped me get stronger, get me going. Uh, and so now, you know, because of that, you know, now I now I have the body with senior CEO. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, all that all that stuff helped me get stronger. And, you know, all joking side has really got me stronger, got me going, got me to a point where I can start walking, start moving start doing things that I wanted to, like go outside, hang out. Uh, so it, it is, a nutrition is a very big part, you know. Uh, again, maybe I should've not eat so much, but you know, it, it is what it is. You know? um,
0: I, again, I'm aware of time. Um, is there something that I'm not asking you, or we're not asking you, that you'd like to share today?
1: Uh, I know, you, you, you did a very good job. Like I said, you, you threw out that one question I never had out, which I gave you you know, props on. Um, but, uh, you know, my main thing is why I come out here is like, you can't do it alone, guys, you just can't, you know, no one can, you have to have your teammates, you know, you're you know you're always going to have bad days, but you can't let those bad days overcome you. you, find that spark, find that fire inside of you that will drive you, you know, like I said, yeah, the video still hits me, it still affects me, you know, uh, even seeing my, my dog Dakota, my, you know, my precious dog that I had for 14 years, you know, I had to put her down in August. Uh, you know that that still affects me. But you know, a lot of my teammates saw how that affected me, and they came over on a Friday and said, "Hey man, let's have some drinks. Let's talk about Dakota. How they will take care of her, and how she'll be there for, her, or how they will sometimes show up drunk and wrestle with her." You know, and wake up the next morning and have hair all over. It's like, how do I get a hair? It's like, cause we're Dakota. Uh, but again, it all comes back to your teammates being there for you. Seeing noticing that, hey man, my team is having a hard time. I'm gonna go talk to them. I'm gonna just have a beer with them. Or just chill with them or play a video game. You know, uh, you know again. So it always comes down to like my, my dad's words. Take care of your family. You know, when I first heard them back when I was 12 years old, I, I saw it as strange. Why did my dad say that to me? You know? And it evolved from just not just taking care of my brothers, sisters, you know, my mom at the time, to now taking care of anyone, taking care of my military family, taking care of someone that is out there having a bad day and being there for them. So I really used those words of my dad promise so always take care of your because we are family and we have to have each other's back.
0: Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you here as a guest and be the guest for the Blue Grid Podcast.
1: Uh, it, it was my pleasure. I enjoyed it, and I appreciate you guys inviting me out here and uh, and you know, if you haven't seen it go see my, my little comedy debut. It was pretty pretty funny, you know. They did cut out some jokes which I was bummed about. I was like, I thought there were good singers back but you know, they gotta meet Jeff and they look good, so you know, good. <laughs> that's they don't want me to take their job, so it's okay. <laughs> but now thank you. Thank you for having me here and thank you all you guys around here.
0: This is your host, Major Anya Fedotova. Thank you for listening to the Blue Grid podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed this interview. My goal is to air the narratives of courage, vulnerability, and grit to normalize the airman's own challenges and help them internalize the message of hope and recovery. This discussion is not a formal medical advice, and any techniques, treatment, diagnosis, or alternative actions discussed are not a recommended treatment or course of action for all listeners, and another replacement for professional medical assistance. You are encouraged to seek medical psychological help for your unique issue. If you have feedback, please find me in the global. My email is ana.v.fidotovam.mail@gmail.com. It's a-n-n-a dot v dot, dot mil at mail dot mil.